Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Howdy, folks. Happy Tuesday. It's another rainy day in Buffalo. God, I'm getting sick of this crap. Uh, <laughs> Russ and I have a few things to talk about pre-show before we talk about game two of the Western Conference Final and the upcoming game three of the Eastern Conference Final. I heard that, and you cut it off right away. There you go. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> quick, quick draw McGraw there. Yeah. Uh, and we'll take some questions in the chat at the end of the show. But, uh, Russ, you have something uh, pre-show? Yeah, I wanted to mention today, pay homage to – an NFL former NFL quarterback. Now that I once interviewed, oh, yes. <laughs> right after the draft, he was a first-round pick, a failed first-round pick of the Buffalo Bills, who have had many. Uh, I want to just say yeah. goodbye to EJ Emanuel. Oh, EJ Emanuel. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, but I have to say he's still better than Geno Smith. Geno Smith is still in the league. For what that it doesn't matter. G at least EJ Manuel started a, series, a number of games. EJ, or, you know, Geno Smith is just was just bad. He was worse. It was a bad year for quarterbacks, and EJ Manuel was the best of a bad lot. I mean, we could argue about who's worse all day, the Jets or the Bills. We it would be a whole show. Yeah, it's yeah. I that, let's not go there. Um, no, I, I you know I I just I didn't have any pre-show, but then I was changing the channel and turned on your favorite network yes uh -huh. and it was the 23rd anniversary of a particular event and i know that like you know what like say boston fans back in the day when ray bork won a championship with the colorado avalanche they were happy for him yeah and i just wanted to know as a new york met fan were you happy that dwight gooden pitched a no-hitter for the yankees uh, there's somebody in the room here that's shaking their head no. Uh, I'll be honest, I was not. I, get I, was, not, I was not happy for Daryl Strawberry getting a, a cheapened ring with the Yankees. I was not happy with any of it. It was, but it's happened to, and this is the reason why. It has nothing to do with Dwight Gooden. Obviously, I, I like Dwight Gooden a lot. I've interviewed him for books. I think he's a, he's a, he's a good guy. The problem is, is that... All ex-Mets, when they went to the Yankees, won. <laughs> Cone, Gooden, Strawberry. So you have that factor. And and that's, you know, that that's what hurts a little. But then all ex-Met pitchers, great ones, went elsewhere to pitch no hitters for a while. Seaver, Gooden. Yes. I think Kuzman got close, but he didn't get one. So right. like so that kind of stuff, you know, hurt. Yeah, and um, and the 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 shining moment for Daryl Strawberry was not a home run with the Yankees. It was when he beat the crap out of a future Met in Armando Benitez when Benitez was a was a pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles because he beaned. I think it was Tino Martinez in the back. That and, I'm in favor of because I <laughs> Benitez. So it's fine. Yes. Just next to Armando Benitez on his baseball card, just put a gas can, and that's a good illustration yeah. of what that guy was as a pitcher. Anyway, let's get started. Uh, Hello, Hockey World. Today is Tuesday, May 14th, 2019. 
I'm Russ Cohen. Um, we do want to say rest in peace, Tim Conway, because he, I got to tell you, growing up, growing up, he was on everything, right? Carol Burnett, so many things, and just so talented. You could watch him, and he was just funny. He did. They did something once. I know this isn't hockey, but it just came to me. They did a live special once of Carol Burnett, and you, you have to be our age to even know what happened, and it was like from Australia or something. And they did this bit with Tim Conway where – he literally walked down like, I don't know, it was like, it seemed like 50 or 100 steps. And just to get to the stage, because he was in some massive place, it was really funny. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. And I, I have to say this, because I, I didn't I didn't hear about that, but as as the resident Grim Reaper, you're the one who always uh, lets us know about uh, about that. And I have to say that, like, over the last few weeks, as I usually go through YouTube and will click on something, and then it'll just lead me to continue to click on different things on YouTube, um, there was some blooper thing, and then all of a sudden there was a Carol Burnett blooper. And the funniest thing I have, one of the funniest things I've ever seen was Tim Conway just playing some dumb guy as Carol Burnett as Eunice and Vicki Lawrence as Mama. Yeah, and Dick Van Dyke was on this thing, and this is the parody, oh, yeah. the, the the infamous blooper where Tim Conway keeps going on and on about like elephants and this thing. He's making he's making everybody crack up, and Vicky Lawrence says an expletive, like basically waiting for like you know is this you know what going to stop? Yeah. And everybody bursts out laughing. Dick Van Dyke falls off the off the couch. Uh, Tim Conway collapses and laughs. It's I, I'm not doing it justice. Go and yeah. search it. It's unbelievable. And honestly, it's like there's not stuff on TV like that anymore. Really, no, not. I mean, Tim. I mean, even like a guy like Adam Sandler couldn't match Tim Conway. You know what it is? It's like Tim Conway, Bob Newhart. These guys were very subtle yes. in the comedy, and it was just like sometimes you didn't get it that second, and it might have taken like an extra second after to get it. But right. When you did get it, you're like, oh, wow, that was good. And 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 everybody always like, oh, you know, like in a com comedic situation, you have to play it straight. Harvey Corman, the guy could not stop laughing at Tim Conway. He was great. He was the worst and the best straight man at the same time. <laughs> he just he couldn't stop. Anyway, okay, let's get to the hockey. Um, last night, uh, the game two of the Blues Sharks, and as I mentioned when we were talking about it yesterday, Russ, uh, I th I'm pretty sure in game two they lost to Vegas in game two, they lost to, um, to Colorado. And I was expecting the blues to sort of come back and the sharks to maybe, you know, not have the same level of intensity that they did in the game one game in San Jose. And that was basically what happened. I mean, they did come back from down to nothing and it was the Logan Couture show scoring a couple goals. I mean, he's just been incredible. But in the end, it was a 4-2 victory for the Blues. They even the series 1-1 going back to St. Louis. What were your uh, thoughts? Yeah, Logan Couture is a monster. He, he just is. But it's funny because when Bennington gave up, you know, the shorty and, and the other goal, I get these texts, oh, he's playing small, you know. And it's like <laughs> everybody just looks or is waiting for this Jordan-Bennington ride to end. It's not the same as – you know, Hamburglar, I forget his real name now. Andrew Hammond. Hammond. It's different than that. Yeah, it's, it's not Steve, it's not Steve Penny. It's not Blaine Locker. No, he's been good for a while. It's just he didn't have a place. And now that he has a place, you could see that and, and he still made big saves in that game. He wasn't the reason they won. The reason I you know, honestly, I think the reason they won was Jaden Schwartz's goal 
sort of reignited the team. It seems like when he he's like their version of Couture. Yeah. It seems like when he scores, then everybody realizes, hey, you know what? It's possible. Because right now, Tarasenko's not scoring, right? Yeah, he, you know, he's got he must be hurt. He must be because he's not a factor at the moment. But I will tell you, and this is it's the most amazing thing. Every game Barbashev gets closer and he still can't buy a goal. Like sometimes it's what happens, but he was still playing really well. And as a fourth line, it's an effective line. But, you know, Bomeister, other than the one turnover, had a pretty good game. I'll tell you what a monster game was Pareko. Pareko had a monster game. Like you just couldn't get the puck from him. He was just in everybody's way all night. Yeah, and I think he made up for you know some of the give- giveaways that he had in in game one. I- I'll tell you though, and I you know I I noticed it, but then when uh, when Justin Bourne uh, tweeted it on on Twitter last night during the game, I really paid more attention to it. Eric Carlson is, I mean, everybody knows he's playing hurt, but how hurt he is. I mean, Bourne observed that like he was barely taking a couple strides. You know that it was it was really tough for him to move. And I know I mentioned yesterday, you know, they targeted him in game one. They didn't do it as much yesterday, but they targeted him in game one and it may have taken a toll because I, you know, Carlson, he was not, he not invisible, but he was barely noticeable at times in that game last night. Yeah. I, I think, I think with Carlson, they targeted him early in the series and they, if he was already banged up, they probably made it a little worse. He's still skating fairly well, fairly well, better than most. And still the stick and puck is there, but the whole game is not. And so I think I feel like that's a big loss for them. I, I think Burns' game fell off a bit last night. I even think Thornton's game has tailed off late, lately. They got a they got a rise out of Joe Pavelski getting back in there, right? And and they got an initial charge. Mm-hmm. He has not been that good. At least in that game last night, he wasn't. And so I think a lot of things are sort of crash-landed with with the Sharks. I think, you know, the euphoria of having Reggie Jackson open up the door has, has fallen flat. And... <laughs> So, 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 so are you are you going to be as critical when when the when the when the Blues you know wheel wheel out uh, John Tudor uh, for Game Three? Or, yeah, I said it, it could be Todd Morrell, John Tudor, Gary Templeton, it, it, Terry Pendleton. Terry Pendleton would be worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, it could be any of those guys. Ken Daly, we can just go through all these, all these ex. Why heard about? Is he still alive? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. He must be doing testing any someplace because he is the white rat. Um, now, yeah. So I mean, game three, game three, going back to St. Louis again. I think the series is going long, so I think you know more than likely it's we're going to get a split in uh, in St. Louis, and then you know we'll go game game five, game six, and. I mean, who, who knows what will end up. I picked San Jose in, I think, seven. So I'm going to stick with that. But, you know. The, it, it, the it's definitely going at six or seven for sure. Like, we all saw it coming. This is the one series where it definitely will do that. I don't think there's any question about it. Right now, I think, you know, the, the interesting thing is, even 10 years ago, Teams, if they came back and had a miracle comeback, like they were down 0-3 and, and then, you know, came back, like the Guelph Storm did that in, yes. in the OHL, right? If that happens in the NHL now, everybody starts writing about it, talking about it, saying it's impossible, almost from the get-go. 
right? And we're doing that too with the next series that we'll talk about. But it's just it's the coverage of it game to game now is just so, so under a microscope that you would think it's impossible for that to ever happen again. But it always will happen again. It's just it's not it's not normal. Yeah, and I, I have to I have to say this. I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not really making fun of him, but I, I just. Um, I know some people have been critical of the NBC broadcast. Uh, I think Doc Emmerich's the best there is. Uh, I love listening to him during the Stanley Cup final, and uh, and and they're they're a second level crew, which um, it's um, it's not. Is it Steve Albert or is it? Uh, no, it's Kenny Albert. Kenny Albert. I'm sorry, Kenny Albert. It's Kenny Albert with Milbury and 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 Pierre Maguire. Yeah. Um, I cannot remember which goal it was. I think it was the third. It was the third goal. I think it was the Bertuzzo goal. Yeah, uh, that made it three two. The eventual game winner, and you know Albert makes the call and he says, you know, he shoots, he scores, and the first reaction from Milbury in terms of insightful color commentary was, "Wow." And yeah. then didn't and then didn't say anything I after. I mean, okay. Hey, I mean, Mike, you you've you've been a broadcaster. You've been in the in, in in during you know during games. You're in in the studio. I know, and you've been doing color and doing commentary before there was color TV. <laughs> and and the, all this, you know, if if they had dropped him in just for a game, and he said that that was that would be one thing. But he's been he's this is round three. He, he, he did most of the Boston-Toronto series. I think he did mostly Carolina and the Islanders or maybe stuck with Boston in, in round two. But he's been doing this for th now three rounds. Wow doesn't cut it, Mike. Yeah, I mean, they're better off having Manny Moe and Jack at this point. Like, it's just <laughs> – it's awful. Like, sometimes you, you want to mute it. It's just – it takes away – and Kenny does a good call, but he – Oh, he's great. He's got no, He's got no backup. <laughs> he has no backup there. You know, and, and you know, and Pierre, Pierre is Pierre. I'm not, I'm not trying to be trying to be hypercritical, but you know, Pierre is a an acquired taste, and b if he annoys you, you just sort of have to grin and bear it because you know if you have to if you're watching the NBC broadcast, and I do because it's in high def and because I like Doc Emmerich. Yeah, see, funny Chris has a Blues logo up, so maybe he's out of St. Louis, and and he said that. They talked about it on the radio, like wow, and then fifteen seconds of silence. Yeah, I was, I was like, and please, yeah, and. play well on television. Yes, and oh, by the way, um, we talked about this a couple days ago, and I, I've yet to read the piece uh, completely. I just read the first couple paragraphs before we went on the air. Uh, Stephen Wino, who we both know, uh, wrote a piece for AP about the origins of the song Gloria, the Laura, the Laura oh, Brady. Yeah. So, so now we know. I don't really need to know the origins of that song. No, I, I, just, I, I was just wondering why it was being used as their sort of like celebration song because yeah, I, I thought know. it was because she was from St. Louis and she's from New York apparently, and it originated in some bar in Philadelphia. It's it like, did, oh, no, I told you the story because yeah. someone in the chat room had it. I mean. It's weird that it originated in Philadelphia. I'd like to know how the, how the hell it got from Philadelphia to St. Louis. Did it come with the Braden Shen deal? Is that what happened? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would have been better if if somebody was related to Laura Brannigan and said, hey, Laura Brannigan's passed, but we remember her with the song. Hey, great. You know, I might be able to get behind that. Otherwise, I hate that song. No offense. <laughs> 
Hey, maybe somebody will pick up Kate Smith. Uh, okay. Um, now, <laughs> sorry. Now, uh, game three. I'm, you, Mike. I'm just yeah, saying. I know. Game three of the Bruins uh, Hurricane series goes tonight in Raleigh. Um, Rod Brindamore is doing a little, you know, chicanery and sort of uh, cloak and dagger with his goaltender uh, decision. He says he's not going to reveal the goalie. Everybody yeah, seems to think it's going to be McElhaney. But uh, it isn't. He, he's going to be risking his job at some point. Like it's no, please. He got over exaggerating, but I'm just, the playoffs with that team. So I, I don't think that's a bit a bit miraculous. But um, so but let's let's assume that it's McElhaney. Um, what do you think the the Canes have to do tonight to get on the get on the board, so to speak, in this series? I, maybe they have to double shift the uh, the Aho line. Maybe. Maybe the Aho line starts the game. You put them out there 20 seconds. You let the next line go out, and then you put the Aho line right back. You know what I mean? Maybe they have to do something drastic like that to sort of get it going their way. I think it's going to have to be something like that. They're not getting – really, they don't, they're not getting a lot of push from the blue line point-wise. So I, mm -hmm. I can't – but sometimes that fires up a team, right, when, you're, when your defensemen score. So I think, I think they're going to have to look at Aho. I think at this point – He's the leader of this team offensively, and and he's going to have to do it. I'll tell you, you know how you know the Carolina Hurricanes are in trouble when people are writing articles about how good a shape Rod Brindamore is still in. No, he's playing. Who cares? What what tells you what tells you that they're in trouble is when Curtis McElhaney, who I have a lot of respect for, you know, he played very well. Oh as yeah, you, you were singing a different tune with uh, old Mac when he was a Leaf a couple. No, of I I was the one who wanted him back instead of instead of the sieve known as Garrett Sparks this year. Please, no. But I'm saying I, as a backup goaltender, I have respect for him. But when he is being portrayed as the savior here, because you know yeah. Morazic is too aggressive in net, like he's too out, out, like out on the edge of the blue paint, and and McElhaney is more of a passive goaltender who plays closer to the goal line. And th this is you know paralysis by analysis, but it's also, I mean, it shows you that this team we thought during the regular season needed goaltending help. And I think still, even in spite of the fact, you know, Morazic didn't stand on his head against no. Washington. One game, maybe. Well, you know, and and they, you know, the Islanders were just piss poor uh, against the Hurricanes. So I, you know, I didn't think there was a standout performance by either one of them uh, against the Islanders. It's sort of coming home to roost now because both of you know, at least you know, Morazic in the first two games has not played well. No, it's true. I, I, the other thing that's that's troubling is. No matter what, Carolina's got to play a better defensive game, or it won't matter who's in net. Because yeah. even Morazic was facing too many point blank shots. But Morazic was overplaying, and he probably is injured, and he's compensating, and and that's why we all think McElhaney should be in there. But I don't think Brendan Moore's fooling anybody by by not telling anybody at this point. There's very few bullets left in the chamber for him. Like he, you know, this team, if they go down in this game. Like they're down two nothing in this game, mm -hmm. you know that could be the series. I mean, we have to be realistic about it. Yeah, I mean, if they lose to, I mean, this is not a, you know, a really a dramatic statement. If they lose today, yeah, they're losing the series. They're down right. two nothing. You know, That's why I, I see. I went a little sooner than that to make it at least a little less obvious. But you know, they're not a great. They're not going to be a great comeback team against the Bruins. It's just not going to happen. They have too many guys that have been through it. They've had it happen to them. There's still guys on that team that happened to them when the Flyers did it. So it's not going to happen to them. 
No, I, I found this funny, and I wrote I wrote about this today because uh, you know obviously until the the Marlies get playing against Charlotte and the uh, <clears throat> Eastern Conference Final, the Calder Cup, there's not a ton of news Leaf related, but I find it I find it I, I find it amusing that everybody is pumping their chest and crowing about the fact that William Nylander is leading the world championships and scoring with eight points. And, you know, I've seen the video clips and some of them were really nice. Have you looked at who they're playing? <laughs> yeah. He, he, they, they won a com combined score of 17 to one against those noted hockey powers, Italy and Norway. It, you know, Italy's Italy's at, about as good at hockey as they are at war. And if yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I, I, I look at it and I'm like, why all of a sudden are people drawing conclusions in the draft based on what happened this year in the regular season mm -hmm. as to how people are playing there? Because for one, you're playing on a bigger ice surface. Right. William Nylander won't play on that ice surface again all next year. Not until right. the Leafs are out of the playoffs early again, and then he goes back. And, but, he's, and he's never played. He's playing left. He's playing left wing in this tournament. Right? Yeah, I mean it's all fluky. It's a like a position he's never played once in his life. Right. Well, maybe on his new team he will. But <laughs> you know what I mean. But it's like nothing is the same here. It's not the same ice. They're playing different players at a, in different positions. Yet. Coaches that are coaching guys in completely different ways. They're slapping lines together, and people are drawing conclusions like, oh, man, look at this. Have you seen this? This I'm going to draw a conclusion from that. It's like you can't, not from this. This is basically just a step above pickup hockey, and, it, and Europe loves it because they don't get the NHL all year, so they get to see stars. Those guys get to go out and drink all night, and everybody's happy. And apparently the beer is very cheap in Slovakia. Yeah, okay. yeah. I heard it's really good. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darren Drager reported three euros, which is like four fifty for Oof. for a long for a tall thing of a, a tall beer, beer for four fifty. You can't yeah. even get that in Buffalo. They're gonna, they're gonna, <laughs> yes, you can. It's called Jenny Cream Ale. Um, Jenny Cream Ale. <laughs> yes, and it's 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 like drinking water from Lake Erie, which is laced with dioxin. Um, <laughs> but. No, but uh, no, I just find it the thing. The point I the point I made about this is like this is good news for the Leafs in one respect. We do know that there are a ton, an absolute ton of scouts and GMs over at the World Championships. Uh, not yeah. not as many though. Not as many this year, but but there still are a bunch. Oh, yeah. And they do take the performance in the world championships seriously as an indicator of a player's worth of, otherwise there wouldn't be players that get signed after right. the world championships. No, that's true. Uh, Nylander is, you know, he had a bad season, 27 points in 54 games, which equals out to a little over 40 points for, uh, for an 82 game schedule. He had a bad playoff. There's, you know, his, his future in Toronto is in question. Let's just say it's good news that for the Leafs, in the sense that any concerns about him not being able to perform, you know, are assuaged a little bit by him being able to perform in the world and the, at the world championships, playing at a higher level, scoring points. It may, you know, for some of those GMs who like, okay, I don't know if I want to go after this guy after he had a bad year. There was interest in him in December. There's going to be interest in him in the offseason. It's all a question of what the Leafs can get back for him if it's worthwhile. And if not, then they're not going to trade him. But I think that they're, you know, it opens up 
even more the possibility of other teams being interested, especially in a league that needs scorers and the Leafs need to improve their defense. That might be where they go. It might not be. We don't know. Well, what like gonna guys, do. Typical guys that get signed is like, I think the Slovakian goalie's unsigned and he looked pretty good, you know, like things like that where you can get a guy to an ELC and put him in, you know, the ECHL or AHL because you're short a goalie. Those kinds of things make sense. Sometimes you get a defenseman. I mean, you do get some players out of it, no question, but it's not. It's not even close to like, you know, the Olympics where, like I said, Zuccarello got noticed and, you know, you guys get signed literally right after the Olympics. And from, you know, just while it rains, it pours when it comes to injuries. Um, Brandon Montour, who was playing for Team Canada, got hurt, lower body injury. I don't know. There's no indication of the severity of it, but add that to Zach Bogosian and Lawrence Pilot, who had, uh, who was. Ooh likely going to make the Sabres next year. He had reconstructive shoulder surgery out five to six months. I mean, the Sabres are in deep trouble. They're in deep trouble even if everybody was back healthy. Now you have two and possibly three of their defensemen. Um, you know, I don't know how serious the injury is. Probably probably not serious with, with Montour, but there's no indication yet of what it is. But if it's long-term, they're in real trouble. I mean, is this going to hurt them in the coaching market? Now that they have all these injuries, is a new coach going to want to walk into that? Like that's that's a whole other question too. And that's the that's the name that's been coming out over the last forty eight hours. I know Pierre LeBrun has talked about it. Other people have talked about it. Is Ralph Kruger, um, the former Edmonton coach, who uh, was in management with the Southampton team in the English Premier League, which you know that's not exactly hockey, but you know I guess he's well respected in many sports. Um, he's leaving Southampton, and apparently, according to LeBron, he has talked to the Sabers about the head coaching position. Um, LeBron said they taught the Sabers have talked to seven coaches. Okay, seven, but it's May. It's May the fourteenth, and they call him twice. Yeah. It's May the 14th. They still haven't hired anybody, and some of the guys on their list, I mean, McClellan signed with L.A. They've talked to Tippett. Supposedly, Tippett is the leading contender for the Edmonton job. Right. So, I mean, some of the guys that they talked to, they didn't like Todd Richards, and apparently Jacques Martin is not a serious candidate. So, I mean, I don't know where they're going to go, and they've talked to Kruger before about a different position. Oh, a pretty good coach. If you remember, years ago, I brought it up because when – Neil Yakupov was still sort of struggling in the league. He got good results out of, out of Yakupov and some of the other guys. If you look at the offensive numbers, when Kruger was there, they were so much better than Dallas Aikens. Like, yeah. Dallas Aikens, maybe this go-around he'll be better. But but it was a big improvement. So if nothing else, he probably can open up the offense for, for Buffalo, and maybe that's what they need because their defense still isn't going to be great. Yeah, and uh, and he did a good job with Team Europe at the World Cup of Hockey, so – have to take the, take that in, into considerations. We'll take some questions in the chat, but Russ, you wanted to do a little bit of a thing on uh, Cam York. Cam York, yeah, it's interesting because he's a um, a defenseman. He's not the biggest guy. I think he's five eleven. Um, plays for the NTDP. Really good skater. You would expect that. He's a top pairing defenseman for them, and I think he could be a top four in the NHL. He might have certain Jake Gardner qualities, but he's not a turnover machine. Uh, he's sort of like that guy because he's better than a puck mover, but he's not going to be, you know, a 65 point defenseman either in the NHL. It could be like a 45 point defenseman. Got a great shot. His defense has certainly been on display uh, the last little bit when he was at the under 18s. So people really like that. He doesn't shy away from contact. 
He gets up the ice really fast. And, and look, he was he had to play the power play with Caulfield and Hughes, and he still piled up points and still made sure he wasn't the the bad one in a bunch of amazing, you know, because that one day, you know, you'll look back at that power play. It'll be like the London Knights. The other day they were talking about him. And when I went to see the London Knights, uh, they had at, back in the day, they had Patrick Kane, they had the Gestitzen brothers, and they had Corey Perry, Dave Boland. Oh, no, not Perry at that team anymore, but Sam Gagne. Oh, yeah. Okay. You mean, oh, he, okay. And that was a pro power play, man. I mean, that's, and, and the same thing for the NTDP. The, the power play they just used this year, it, it's a pro power play, and, and York was great on it. So I looked at him, and I think early in the year, he probably would have been top 20. Mm-hmm. And now, like, you know, the latest rankings I have him for on sportsology.com is 13. But that's my first list, and there'll be at least one or two more. It's not going to be like 25 lists like ESPN do for football. I don't understand. They do one like every other day. <laughs> you know, when, once you put up like mock – they do mock drafts. I don't I do rankings. But once they put up like mock draft 11.0, like it's time to stop, you know. But I just – I look at this guy, and he could sneak into the top 10 based on – because Bowen Byron is the number one defenseman, and I think, and I have, I believe, Soderstrom next, and then I, I have York as the next guy, and so if somebody really wants to get defense and doesn't want to go for one of the other wingers, or centermen, and most likely be a centerman, Cam York could, could sneak in that uh, in that pile. This is a record year for the NTDP. It is. I mean, when you when you see like the top 15 picks, how many guys go from the NTDP, it'll be crazy. I have, I think, seven guys ranked right now in the first round from there. Yeah, and um, he's a kid from Southern California, which is unusual. Now, is he in relation to Mike York? No. Okay, I thought, you know, possibly. Trust me, I would have mentioned it if if I did. I always liked Mike York. Yeah. One day, I'll give you a quick quick story. This was kind of a shocker because you don't see this very often. You know, he was a, a ranger. Got drafted by him. Even made the All-Star game when they were really bad. And I was covering the Rangers pretty exclusively in those days until the travel just wore me down. And one day, you know, I wake up and all of a sudden he's a flyer. And, all, <laughs> and like the Ranger fans were like, how's Mike York on the flyers now? Like it was just – it was really interesting. And and he wasn't there very long, but but he was a good guy. He had his moment, you know, a couple of years. And Pierre Maguire will like Cam York because he played for Shattuck St. Mary's. Yeah, so. he'll mention that. He'll <laughs> mention that. Uh, let's take a few questions. He'll mention Sidney Crosby. It'll just come in the conversation. I get it. Yeah, so let's, let's take a couple questions if we have any in the chat. Okay. Let's see. Questions. I'm going to the very top. There might be only lousy questions. We'll see. Yeah, okay. Well, that's lousy questions are still questions. No, I'm not asking them. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, By the way, NBA draft lottery, do you care? No, <laughs> I, I know. No, that- I, I'll tell you what's interesting about this is no draft lottery is fun to watch, right? I watch the NHL one because I all that I do with prospects I need to know, but at least the NHL one, you know that even the even the guys in the top fifteen are going to mean something someday. Right. Sometimes the NBA draft, you get past like the top five or six. And it starts getting sketchy. There, there is a, there is a an hilarious YouTube out there from the twenty from the twenty sixteen draft, and obviously you know the 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 ending was great for the Leafs because they won the lottery and got Matthews, but they were showing, and it was Jeff Merrick, our mutual friend, uh, Steve Dangle, 
and I think Luke Fox from Sportsnet. And basically what they were doing was they were showing the video and they had them on like in a little window watching watching the, the lottery. And when Brian Burke comes on the air and they and they I think Calgary got the sixth pick in that draft, the stone face of Burke. And they're still laughing because Burke is so pissed off that they picked sixth. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's just great theater, but okay. Chris is letting us know that Bruce Bochy did the door last night, which is good. He's steeped in uh, – in, in California baseball tradition, that's that's a good choice. And he's retiring this year. That's why. And he won a championship there recently. So so when 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 is Ken Stabler coming? He's dead. Oh. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Dave Casper, Jack, oh, Jack Tatum just died too. There you go. Yeah, he's dead too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and this show may be dead in a minute. So far, I don't have any questions. Uh, actually, I'll ask this question because you'll know the answer, Mike. Um, Bill C wrote, I forget if it was that episode, and this is Mork and Mindy, when they interview a guy who was convinced the players make to make that their victory song, I forget his name. So they're looking for a comedic actor in that. I don't remember. I, don't remember yeah, Mork and Mindy I mean, the guy was a jeweler or something. Yeah, I don't know. Mork and Mindy's pretty random. Yeah, yeah. All right. So here's a question from Lord. Um, do you think, and I'm going to say the correct name, Hackstall gets a job. Just being on the uh, on the bench for Team Canada, I think at some point Dave Haxtell is going to get another job because yeah. Dave Haxtell made the playoffs. I mean he he made the play he made the playoffs with teams that weren't that great in a rebuilding situation. They made it too soon, and then things got turned upside down in Philly, and then all of a sudden, you know, Dave Haxtell was out, and I get the reasons why it happened, but he's not a terrible coach. No, I think the move for him though, I don't know if about going back to college, I, I would, I would say the move for him is to go and be a, either an AHL coach or an NHL assistant, yeah. and, you know, get a, get a job, stay relevant, stay out there, keep your name out there. And, you know, maybe you get a job in a year or two. Yeah. So Matt is asking, is Cam York like Gosta Spear light? No, I think he's right on par with Gosta Spear and maybe a little better defensively because I think, at this point, I think he has developed a little bit more defensively than Gostaspear. It took Gostaspear um, quite a bit of time, and some would say still hasn't played yeah. defense. Uh, and while you're looking, one, one, a couple things that uh, that Drager mentioned this morning. One, because uh, Kyle Turris is playing for Team Canada, there's a lot of speculation about Turris and him being moved by Nashville. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a tough nut to crack. Six million dollar AAV. I think he's got four, four or five years left. I mean, it's going to probably have to be, you know, for lack of a better term, a crap for crap deal where you know, they trade somebody with salary for another guy with salary. Um, maybe the, a new thing, you know, a new atmosphere helps tourists better. Um, but he also meant he also mentioned PK Subban too, and I, I, you know, that it only makes sense because I think they're going to sign Yossi. And they would rather spend the money. Well, on a guy. He doesn't say I want ten for eight. If he says that, they're not signing him. Well, yeah, but right. I mean, let's just say if say say they get him because they got him on a bargain the last time. Say they get him for eight, eight and a half. Say they get him for the same nine that Subban makes. Yeah, then they Subban. Will, then they'll trade Subban. Yeah, I agree. All right. So uh, Robert asks, Do I see the Flyers? Who do I see the Flyers taking at their draft spot if they don't move it? So. At the spot that the Flyers are at right now, which is what eight? Uh, no, they're at eleven. Eleven, eleven. Sorry, I would say. 
I know because I'm trying to think team needs and otherwise. It's a good question because Cam York might be there, but I don't think they would take Cam York. No. I honestly like I I don't think I don't think they're going to draft a center and I don't think they're going to draft a defenseman. I think they'd probably draft just a big a scoring winger type. I mean, Kaliev that's too soon to take him. A year ago it wouldn't have been cuz he's a hell of a goal scorer, but I would not take him in that spot because there's other problems in his game. Skating's not great. Defense isn't great. Would a guy like uh, Lavoie, I, I know that he was ranked like in the yeah, – He'll be there, but I think it may be too soon to take him too because there's questions about uh, just him giving it – His all. His all the whole game. Not not from a lack of um, effort, but just a pace kind of uh, play. So that's something – you know, I'm looking – I'm thinking – if Zegers was there, certainly they would take him. But I don't know if even if Trevor Zegers will even be there now. They're they're in a weird spot. I, I'm going to go Matt Boldy or Bobby Brink, and both of those guys can be really good goal scorers. Bobby Brink's probably a better pure goal scorer, so I'm going to go with one of those two. Okay, one or two more questions. Okay, um, it's good that you're not wearing gray today, too, Mike. So they they have nothing red, to worry about. Red baby, right here, maroon. Philly five and zero. Oh which I'm not sure what that means unless – yeah, I'm not sure what Philly 5-0 and means. But um, what's going on with Josh Hosang? Well, I think he's going to get traded at the draft. I think I think the Islanders gave him his look. I think Trotz didn't give him a fair look but did it anyhow. And I thought he was okay for them. But it doesn't seem like it's a fit in the organization. And I think they could still get – something for him if they're going to move up in the draft or do something like that it would be it'll all depend on what coach gets hired but a guy like hosang is a guy that a team like edmonton should consider because he's got a lot of talent he's got a lot of offensive talent now if you get a coach you know like a tippet i don't think that tippet would would sign off on a hosang because hosang is you know he's not exactly disciplined defensively he's more of a he's a wild card but you know you're a team that needs I mean, they need wingers badly. And, you know, I think or they need fo scoring forwards other than McDavid and Dreisaitl badly. Yeah. So that might be, you know, a team like that, a team like Arizona, yeah. that could give him a spot and just let him play. Uh, here's another great question, and this is where does Chase Prisky go? Chase Prisky plays for Quinnipiac, and, and they went pretty far this year. He's a defenseman, but he's 23. And and yeah. so I don't know who is going to sign him, but somebody should. Now, again, when you're getting a guy like that, you may not be signing him for the NHL. Sometimes it's organizational depth. You sign yeah. him for the AHL. If he does do well there, maybe he gets a call up and you could slot him in for some games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who, who it is that would go for that. But, you know, maybe someone like Arizona. I mean, somebody like that who's not – totally set on defense but could use like a veteran in the minors that that's not a bad place you know to go mm -hmm. uh let's see one or two more and then we're done yeah uh okay chris wants to know speaking of cole caulfield is he to bring it to 2.0 or better or worse i mean i think there's portions of his game that are better for sure yeah it'd be hard to say cole caulfield's going to score more than 40 goals in the nhl but i think he's capable yeah. So, 
I have to say, I, I saw like I saw a video, a YouTube video, basically just like highlights and snippets from the under eighteen and from other you know NDTP games, and my God, the hands, the the well, on the shot is so fast. I yeah. mean, you wouldn't really be able to block it very easy. I'm going to say he's not to bring it 2.0, and I'm going to say he could be slightly better, and I'm going to stick with that until we see because I also think the league in a couple of years will um, will be a little more wide open and faster, and then that would play into Caulfield. Plus, he'll get a little – you know, he's got to build up his body for a few years. He can't play right now in the NHL anyhow. Uh, Last question. Matthew, all right, we'll let her go with Matt because this is a great Flyers question, and by great, I mean it's a horrible question. Would the Flyers trade 11 for Subban, and would Nashville do that deal? No. Why in the world would you want to trade your 11th overall pick for a guy who's going to help cap you out someday and will get you 40 points on the blue line? Now, he's not getting you to the Stanley Cup. How about, okay, how about this? And I, and I don't think this is realistic, but I'll just say it because the salaries are fairly similar. And we've heard the talk of Voracek maybe being somebody that they the the Flyers would move. Would you do Voracek for Subban? Yes, I would do Voracek for Subban. Uh, I think Nashville would listen to it. Yeah, because of Laviolette still being there. So I would I would consider it. Now, what would probably have to happen is uh, somebody else would probably go in that deal because Voracek's contract outlives Subban's, I believe. And so based on that. They're going to have to make up the difference somewhere to even out the money. Yeah, Subban's got three or four more years. I think Voracek's got like five or six. It's like 15 more years, something like that. No, it's not. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. yeah and the, the funny thing is I know Subban's name's been out there, and I know – I'm not sure if it was Bob McKenzie or – actually, I think it was Elliot Friedman who were say, it was saying that when Subban was traded originally from Montreal to Nashville, the team that was sort of in on it but but didn't get it get the job done – was Vancouver, and it's known that Vancouver is looking for defensive help either in free agency, you know, there's the Carlson rumors, or in terms of a trade. So, you know, maybe they go that direction, but you know, we, we know Vancouver. I mean, we, they have Quinn Hughes, but uh, you know, guys like T they traded uh, Gabranson, Tanev's on the last year of his contract. I wouldn't doubt if they add a big contract like a like a Carlson or like a Subban that they probably trade Tanev and, and clear the four million dollars for the last year of it. And there are probably a couple teams out there that would take a roll the dice on him because he's very injury prone, but he's a, a good defensive defenseman. So yeah, I, think, I think there's a chance of that. Uh, last question because this one's a really good one. Goalie FP asks, could Cam York fall to Rangers at 20? Anything's possible. You pick a couple of guys off the board and anything is possible. But I, I don't think they would sit there waiting for Cam York because I think that's the odds are it won't happen. Right. And the Rangers have two first round picks. So. Right. Well, if they really wanted York, they could get them. Just well, they could get him a two. But I mean, this is not the New York Giants taking Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, <laughs> Way to go, Dave Gettleman! Uh, you make you make the Jets and the Bills uh, management look great by comparison. Yep. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for Russ Cohen. I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.